It is January 10th in the year 2020. This is SmackDown coverage on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan, who's doing his vocal warm-ups here <laughs> as we're getting started, and Michael Wiseman here to talk about the second SmackDown of 2020. John Morrison's back tonight. Robert Roode came back tonight. Uh, we had some more uh, forward movement in some of the feuds and the storylines as we progressed towards the Royal Rumble. Matt, how did you feel about tonight's SmackDown? Did I miss something with Robert Roode on SmackDown? He just showed up at the end, beat up Roman with everyone else. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, it, I was happy to see John Morrison. So f- for that, that carried a lot of weight on the show for me, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that he's back. Um. Really, I think uh, that dominated the first or good portion of the show. So we opened up mm-hmm. with Ms. TV with John Morrison being the guest tonight. And uh, this was interesting. I mean, Morrison even saying, like, you know, could have waited to return at the Royal Rumble, but he decided it was more important to be there for the Miz. Um, yeah. So Morrison clearly in heel mode here, bringing the Miz with him, setting up a feud with the New Day. So now we have the Miz in a rematch versus Kofi Kingston. It's going to be uh, Morrison versus Big E next week i'm assuming morrison and the miz have to win the smackdown titles at the royal rumble in two weeks they can do some serious magic with those titles seriously yeah uh i dug it it was interesting seeing him back tonight um, it was it was really good really good I, I think they also they i appreciate that they took some time to tell like the story they addressed the small things which they don't always do mm-hmm. uh, why did the why did the morrison come back or why did john morrison come back on his random Friday night instead of the Royal Rumble, well, he talked about that. Um, the Miz last week, I said, you know, he seems like he's a little conflicted. He beat up Kofi, but he's not full-on bad guy. How are they going to treat this? They address that, and you don't always see them address the nuances of the characters, and it it gives the characters more depth. Yeah. Uh, what do you make, though? I pointed this out. Oh, we Bye, Matt. Matt Morgan. We'll miss Matt you. Morgan, disgusted, leaving. <laughs> uh, so before Matt comes back, because he's going to – let's predict Matt's reaction to this. I think he's going to be outraged and indignant when when I run this by him. But I tweeted, and some people I was watching with some people that don't have as much history with the WWE tonight, and they said Morrison looks like a Dolph Ziggler imitator, <laughs> impersonator tonight. I think their looks – they didn't always look the same, but where Ziggler's look has gone in recent mm-hmm. months – I thought someone at Fox should issue a memo and be like, hey, Dolph can't have a similar look to this if we want to establish this guy and reestablish him with the audience with a distinct personality. I mean, I don't know that I entirely agree with that. I, if, if you don't know John Morrison at all, maybe you're like, and you're not familiar with Ziggler because, again, I think Ziggler's big heyday was five years ago and John Morrison's around the same time. I could see how you might feel like they do look too similar. Uh, but I also think it's kind of like saying all skinny dudes uh, with bald hair look the same. Like they have enough differences to them that I, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do got to make these characters unique and you got to sell John Morrison as being something different here. And I think that's WWE's challenge is how do you treat him as though he is going to be something unique and not just another dude with sandy blonde hair who's tan and has great abs, right? Well, and his shtick. He was out there doing kind of a similar thing to how Dolph has been doing, uh, you know, with Ziggler as a heel, dissing the fans. Um, I don't know. I I, I see the comparison. Uh, Benny... 
Bellini? Benny Alini. Benny yeah, Alini is saying yeah. Morrison looks like Hangman Page. I wonder if that was the big idea. If someone in uh, in Fox was like, you know, they got the Hangman Adam Page over on the AE Dubs on the <laughs> TNT. Uh, we should get someone that looks like him, and it's like a Goldberg Stone Cold situation. This is like the booking coming straight from the Fox robot, and they keep him around to make all the. Uh, how do we add creativity to these shows here? Yeah, yeah, you know, he does have a look that I can see why he might be similar. I, I think that the key to me is how do you use him moving forward? I, I really liked the part where he kind of turned on the fans in the middle of the promo because at first I was like, this dude just doesn't have. He felt very disengaged, and I was like, is he not working well with the script or what's happening? But then it clicked whenever all of a sudden he was like, oh, you fans telling the Miz he sucks and he's worked that hard. So I think if they can lay that on really thick and they can make him seem really indignant, um, I, I, I think they can make it work, especially if he's sticking up for his buddy, the Miz. And Matt Morgan's back. Hang on. Dude. Morris and body is more of them Adam Page. Why is that even the comparison? There is nobody that compares to John Well. With Morrison, that's one thing. So I tweeted about this, Matt. And I can't wait Adam to hear your reaction. Ripped. Saying that Morrison <laughs> looked almost like a Ziggler impersonator out there tonight, given how Ziggler has looked lately and talked lately. And someone in the chat said he actually looked more like Adam Page. Oh, uh, okay. I was going to say that John Morrison has no equal in that department. I agree. It is funny, though. I was saying that Ziggler's look just veered in this direction recently. If they knew they were bringing Morrison back, someone should have sent a memo to Ziggler. It's like, hey, touch up the blonde in your hair a little bit. Maybe change up your look a little. You know, mm -hmm. let's uh, have more distinct personalities. Um, was that ever a thing, Matt, when, uh, when you were there? Did they ever talk about, like, guys couldn't look too similar on the roster or have yes. too much in common? Because a casual yes, but, viewer will get confused. Yes, but then, ironic, <laughs> uh, yes, ironically, though, when I was in OVW, we would all get, you know, buried for all looking the same coming out of OVW. Oh, what's in the water in OVW? <laughs> Meaning everyone was all jacked up. And it's like, that's not a look, being all jacked up. We have different faces, different hair, different characters. You know what I mean? It doesn't make you all look the same like i didn't look like john heidenreich i didn't look like horseshoe or not horseshoe what was his name luther reigns yeah uh, um i didn't look uh, we the similarities are muscle but that's a stupid thing to say that oh well somebody's cornered the market and muscle that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard but well especially because like, like wwe wants you to look ripped and muscular right am i mistaken no or? they did yeah that's how you got on tv faster no question Brett Baldus uh, with a super chat donation of $5. Thank you, Brett, saying he wants Matt's reaction to how jacked Robert Roode looked tonight. He, he looked like money. Bobby Roode, day in and day out, and, and he's a bumping, feeding machine. He's a worker's worker. Usually when you're a worker's worker, it's much harder to maintain your physique because you're wrestling with injuries because you work so much and work so hard and you're getting guys over and you're bumping and feeding, which, again, takes more out of you and leads you quicker to injury more times than not so it's crazy that Dolph Ziggler and uh Bobby Roode as well especially Bobby Roode are able to maintain their physiques but if you notice Zolf's goes a little bit on him after a while where Bobby's is always spot on he always got that uh va vascularity right around here and his vein vein popping out of his shoulder and his left bicep generally Bobby's smart watch Bobby when he goes into rest holds watch how which rest holds he generally goes to he goes to the rest holds in which he can flex and <laughs> right for the hard camera and it's genius it's smart um and he looks like a million bucks bobby looked great tonight 
Well, and we've talked about this before, Matt, is that there is a big difference in terms of discipline, workout regimen, um, just real 24-hour dedication to go from being, quote-unquote, in shape, even for a professional wrestler, to being like Jinder Mahal ripped, your vascular, mm -hmm. just taking it to that extra step. And most, uh, as we've talked about before, most are not willing to go that extra mile because it is really a complete, I mean, it rules your lifestyle at that point. You certainly uh, competing right. in competitions. And when you go for that extra mile, how much extra work do you think it is is it twice as much work to get that extra 10 percent? for me it'd be my whole life it, yeah literally it's every meal that's six meals a day every three hours every two and a half hours every three hours you're eating i tell you exactly uh, tilapia exactly uh nine ounces of tilapia and 300 grams measured on a scale of jasmine rice six, five times a day and then i'd have breakfast which wow. would be egg whites galore um they all do the same thing and no cheat days when you're going for a hundred percent. No. Yeah. Did you have it, you guys seen the the shot of uh, Kumail Nanjiani from uh, Silicon Valley from the Big Sick who's going to be in Marvel's Eternals coming up? Did. Yeah, and, and he's got that. He used to be. And he's been on Silicon Valley. He's got kind of that normal, average Joe body, and he has been ripped for this new Marvel movie. And he said exactly that, which is like he had to have a trainer. He had to be eating mm -hmm. egg whites. He had to have his diet strictly planned out. He said he could never have done it. Had his whole life not been dedicated to it, it, it is your eating. I'll put it in perspective. There's times even where you're at work, you still have no choice. You better get into that bathroom, use that uh, bathroom uh, stall, go in there, sh take a shake in there if that's what it takes. Um, and it's three hours. Your three-hour window is closing, and it's time to eat again. But you can't eat your normal Tupperware because you're in the middle of something important. You better get in that bathroom. Be excused to use the bathroom. Shake up your shake. Down it real quick. Come back out of the bathroom. Get back to that meeting so you don't miss any time. Um, it's that serious if you're going to do it the right way. You cannot miss that three-hour window. Well, and let's put over professional wrestlers even more. Uh, Kumel and uh, actors, Hugh Jackman, these guys are able to do this from the set, right. from their trailer in one place. Now imagine yeah. you're traveling and you're having to eat that on the is road. why wrestlers are the best, all in my opinion, the best all-around, not just all-around athletes. I also say acting as well because you're doing it while you're screwed up. You're injured. There's not one wrestler on that roster that's not injured in some form or fashion that has a sore back knee leg what a shoulder whatever have you and then you're pushing it in the gym on top of it while you're banged up it's so damn difficult yeah it's harder than anything else out there i would argue no i can't imagine doing that with traveling i think you know even uh, diamond dallas page talks about that with his strict regimen in ddpy that when he travels he finds himself it a challenge to eat at the level he wants to eat at. And his schedule is nowhere near what a WWE superstars is uh, at the moment. So back to the show tonight, we had Kofi Kingston versus the Miz, a rematch from last week. Now tonight, the Miz picked up a win with Morrison running in uh, and helping him pick that up tonight. Um, yeah. I like Morrison's involvement. I like that they're setting up with the tag teams. But Matt, to be fair, is this them doing something we're very critical of them doing uh, week in and week out? Um, so now the Miz and Kofi have traded wins. Next mm -hmm. week is going to be Morrison and Big E. And it's got to be leading towards Miz and Morrison versus the New Day at the pay-per-view. It does, but because we'll let them get away with it because of the newness of Morrison. Like, we're not looking at it that way. We're yeah. looking at it still with excitement of what will happen when what's it going to look like when those two capture the tag team championships again uh question from brett baldas who donated 15 dollars. thank you very much brett he he asks how long before miz turns on morrison or 
do they win the belts from New Day and go on a tag run like the old days? They go on a tag run like the old days. That's what I'm predicting. At least till Mania. I was going to say, Mania is probably where they lose it, right? Like, you break them up, you start the... I still think there's potential they break up before Mania. I, I think these two guys could the fight at Mania. The matchup is between the two of them for Mania. But yeah. I, I would argue... You know what? That's a good call, then. They would have to break up, like, right now, then, yeah. to build the Mania. Do they have time to uh, wrestle yeah. against each other for Mania? They announced Kurt Angle versus... I mean, they've been building for, for a while. They announced Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin two weeks out. I mean... You could WWE could do this either way. They can carry out a feud for three months that people aren't interested in, like you know Bobby Lashley and Rusev, or they can um, pull the trigger and and go with someplace pretty shortly. Now, Mike Prescott saying they wasted the Morrison return could have been so much better. I almost wonder with the Miz and where he's at right now, and with the New Day and where he's at. I don't know. I don't know if it would have been a better pop to have Morrison come back in the Rumble, but SmackDown is a weird show right now, and really. The majority of the weakness, I think, and I hate to say this, lies in what we saw in the main event. They, I'm, I'm tired of Roman and Baron Corbin. Actually, I'm not tired of Roman and Baron Corbin. I'm tired of Roman, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Rob Robert Roode, the Revival. <laughs> Just all these guys lumped in. I mean, how many weeks? How many weeks in a row have we had some variation mm -hmm. on this? But tonight, Roman had backup from the Usos, which is great. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, is this, is this really even a storyline at this point? It's everybody against Roman Reigns. <laughs> kind of. Everybody against Roman and his family. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about it more, but uh, I feel like SmackDown, I don't know. I mean, the Firefly Funhouse stuff is good. So we had another Firefly Funhouse segment tonight, mm -hmm. and this uh, was interesting where it was, he was calling out Daniel Bryan uh, in the build-up to their match at the Royal Rumble, really leaning heavily on their history together, um, even good more title. so yeah, than he has in the past, right? I mean, yes. I like this. I like this a lot. I said I gave credit to Morrison as far as what what carried me me as a viewer through this show as far as grading it goes. If you were to ask me a letter grade, I would give it a full letter grade above what I normally would because of Morrison is what I'm saying. But with that said, this Firefly Firefly Funhouse was awesome. Awesome. I love when they give nods to not even a tip of the cap because that's that 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 usually shows some sort of a um What's the word? Uh, inconspicuous, being inconspicuous, and that's not what they're doing here. They're full, fully on acknowledging the history, which I love. Do you want to say that one? Yes, uh, Myron Siron with uh, super chat. I think that's uh, Australian currencies donating in, asking uh, why doesn't Bray have bronze photo on his wall? The fiend attacked him last year, just like he did Lawler and Foley. Thanks for everything, guys. Respect. Um, I think they're not seeing that as Bray having gone over Braun because there's mm -hmm. so much money in that match yeah. when it finally does happen or, legitimately. Or that there, oh, there's an opening there for something that we just don't know about yet. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I feel like the, the problem right now with SmackDown, and I, I, I agree with Matt, the history here, bringing it back up, they even said six years. They don't do that enough in WWE, so I'm glad to see it. But on the flip side of this, Firefly Funhouse – the Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt feud. I think somebody mentioned the way SmackDown ends every week with it being Rusev or, or it being um, Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns and the run-ins. All this just is starting to feel very routine and very scripted, as in we're taking the same playbook and running it week in and week out. And as a viewer, it becomes a little bit monotonous. And again, I think Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt are doing good work. But Firefly Funhouse used to be revered because it was something unique and novel. The original and now it is every week. How? 
but how long could you be original every week? Like, come I mean, on, guys. You got you to eventually, no matter what something is, no matter what that entity is, I don't care what it is, eventually it has its – and I don't want to say half-life or shelf-life sure. because then that, that, then, that, then that is me nodding to the fact that Bray Wyatt's not as over anymore or whatever. And I don't want to say that or, 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 or poo-poo upon his, vignette, his, his backstage promos and stuff like Firefly Funhouse. I still think it's the best thing on the damn show. I mean, but these are 60 second segments. Bray's not wrestling on TV each week. Why not have him mock more with Daniel? Why not have him do a PSA about, you know, judging people by their size and use Daniel as an inspirational story? (laughs) Why not do a segment where he's got a character that's talking about recycling and composting since Daniel's so big in the environment? I think that the more Bray does to make these unique, that's what we tune in for. And that's what people share on social media tonight. The thing with Rambling Rabbit, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Like, it wasn't bad. But I just the reason I'm extra hard on it, Matt, is because I really want this to succeed. I really want Bray to do well. And as as a fan, I'm selfish in that I want that fresh, innovative, entertaining content each week because, man, that was a big part of the reason why, you know, those were huge high points of WWE programming this year. I don't want to feel like that's like Mm -hmm. that's gone. I want and Bray, I'm sure Bray's got a ton of ideas. You can't tell me he's creatively tapped. Yeah, no, no, you're probably right. I mean, I go back to like the greatest feuds in WWE history. I mean, even it's it's played out, but Austin and McMahon, and it wasn't just the fact that it was Austin and McMahon staring each other down each week. They did unique things with it. They had Austin kidnap McMahon one week, or Austin drove a beer truck down one week. And while that central feud was still there, and I know you can't go back and recreate that because it's been played out, the fact that every week they were saying, how can we do something different, better, challenge ourselves, kept that feud alive for as long as it did. And uh, let's talk about this right now, the super chat that we just got. Yeah, so yeah. Brett Baldus, again, dude, you, chat, chat room's on fire tonight, especially for a SmackDown. This is great. Uh, Brett Baldus saying, I think Rambling Rabbit was going to tell Brian that the Fiend's weakness is the Red Lights. Funhouse was better tonight. So they've... Uh, He's right, it was. Tonight, they tease the idea, Rambling Rabbit, a special message to Daniel Bryan, that the Fiend does have a weakness. Now, we did, of course, we didn't hear it. Uh, Bray silenced him and then later left a uh, partially. Uh, that was good. Uh, that, was, that, that, that I liked. Funny. That was good. It was I, the theme of the night, was this was a. You guys have seen seven, right? Yes. Yeah. The entire What's theme the of the night was seven. What's in the box, right? We had a box that was Mandy Rose had a box, okay. Daniel Bryan got a box. What's in the box? Yeah, or the, the SNL skit. It was the, my dick in a box. Yes. Um, Anyhow, I think that, uh, yeah, they're not a sponsor tonight, so I'm not even going there. Um, but, uh, okay, so with all that, though, Matt, because we're, we're all protective of Bray. This is like our discovering thing, right? Like, Bray, hey, guys, Bray's really cool now. You know, mm-hmm. like before, say what you will, but now he's on an upswing. I don't want there to be a weakness revealed yet. I don't even want to tease it because when mm-hmm. they start teasing that, that's mm-hmm. that we're that much closer to them revealing it and that much closer to him losing the title. Okay. First and foremost, I told you all this. This is why I did not want him to win the title. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then everybody's got to have all those cooks in the kitchen got to come on out and add their god dang ingredients instead of <laughs> minding their business and letting this mastermind continue to paint his artwork, right? His masterpieces he's been paid, he was painting. Um, I, I feels to me, and you hit on it a little bit earlier that. You just want Bray to continue to have his creativity. It's not like he can be just shut off of creativity now. I, I guarantee you he's not. 
but it's them, them, i.e. every creative team member and their aunt and uncle and neighbor getting into the picture now because he's the champion and having their say. Seriously, that's what happens. I wish Lebar was here because Lebar could do the Vince impersonation, Dude, but it's like, but the feet, he's, he's got a weakness. He's, he's got a weakness. He's been commercialized. He's now commercialized to a degree, as far not maybe in the wrestling world, but as far as backstage goes. You guys need to understand. That. Now he's a champion. He's now commercialized to them, which means now everyone wants a part of it. Everyone wants to have a say in what he's doing, and it's going to screw it up. Instead of just letting him do what he does, it's what got him to the dance. That's where this company yep. goes wrong. They they see how they get somewhere. Again, I use that phrase, getting to the dance. Whatever got a talent to the dance, they, they see what it is, and then they've got to figure a way to screw it up by inputting their damn crap. But it's going in the it's going in the direction of more of the same or a kind of a, a banal direction as opposed to man like I want Fox Kids to get involved I want the Fox <laughs> Network people you know what I mean like I think crazy this is the one yeah. character that you can't get too crazy with look at those clips right. when he was doing right. the local weather reports and stuff like there's so much you can do with this guy and they're just taking it in the most predictable direction oh he's got a weakness so we're probably not going to learn it before the Rumble but you know and I I'm just calling it right now it's going to be the mask if you can knock the mask off it's going to be like jason uh not yeah. that that was jason's weakness but that's in the uh, friday the 13th video game that's the step to killing jason you got to knock the mask off before you can kill jason i have a feeling it's going to be the mask corporate culture does not sustain creativity right and ever since wwe if you go back to 2001 whenever they went public they became a corporation that is focused on corporate culture and sustaining investor profits. And yeah. ever since 2001, not only is there a drop in ratings, right? Of course, the high mark of the Attitude Era, but also creatively, every five to 10 years, you've seen a drop off in that because they're focused on this different kind of being and not being a creative freelance, whatever it is that WWE was and wrestling used to be. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be by the books and by the corporate culture. And we got to standards and practices, right? What made this character successful is it was out of the box. They're at times doing everything possible to put it back in a box. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of boxes tonight, Sonia Deville had one for Otis. Oh, what was in that box? Uh, before we could find that out, we had Elias out and he was singing about the Royal Rumble. But did anyone else notice that when he was talking about what's been going on lately, here he was on SmackDown <laughs> and he's recapping Raw. Like every storyline on Raw is what he was singing about. I got nothing for it. This is the same crap. Again, taking a talent that should be doing a hell of a lot more than what they're using them for. And they're using them to get other talents over. Yeah. Do you guys remember whenever SmackDown got this big money deal from Fox and we're like, all right, SmackDown's going to be the A show. That's going to be the premiere yes. show. Everybody's going to yes. be talking about it. And it feels like now Raw is still the show that they put the more effort into and SmackDown kind of gets second. Still think SmackDown physically looks better. The way sure. it's shot, the graphics, uh, to my opinion, it looks so much better than Raw. The Fox um, money looks better part of it that. Part of yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. You know what my prediction uh, for the content, though, is I think Heyman care, doesn't care about being let go, but I think Bruce Pritchard does mm. on SmackDown. So I think Bruce, if mm. I just had to completely guess based on personalities, I think Heyman is probably fighting a little harder for what he wants uh, versus Bruce's personality as from what we know of it publicly. Or like this is kind of like even this Elias segment you're talking about here feels a little bit like a Yes Men segment. Like, look, Elias was out there telling jokes and singing songs last week. Bruce Pritchard brings it back up again this week because Vince liked it before, right? 
You know what I would do is Matt Hardy right now has uh, nothing going on. He's up for a new, I would take a guy like Matt Hardy and be like, you know what, dude, you're going to be the creative producer. We're going to give you Elias. We're going to give you Bray. And I'll pick one other act and be like, take in your twisted mind, come up with some segment ideas, some storyline ideas. Like let's not just do the cookie cutter. I think Matt Hardy is uh, probably the most underutilized resource that WWE has right now creatively. Yeah, but he's, he's gone, man. He's, Free the delete. He's on his way. Out I know. The door. This is how they should keep him back. Give him some creative rope, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something. Uh, but it's just tough, man. And then, so we got this match uh, Alexa Bliss versus Mandy Rose. So Alexa's out there with Sonya Deville. Mandy's out there with, uh, or Alexa's out there with Nikki Cross. Mandy out there with Sonya Deville. Uh, decent match. But once it really gets going, then we get. Otis coming in uh, with the cake. So it was a cake to apologize. And we actually had the line tonight. I, I have to read this verbatim because this this was said on TV. Uh, I know I hurt your feelings when I let Dolph Ziggler step on your mom's fruitcake. <laughs> uh, she gave him an apology cake. So Otis came in and did the distraction uh, during the match that allowed Rose to take advantage and roll up Bliss for the pin and the win. And... And Otis ate the cake. I had a big issue with the one part of this, Matt. And tell me what you if you agree or disagree. And 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 that is the fact that they they made Mandy Rose look good by sacrificing Alexa Bliss. She looked like an idiot out there. What? Somebody's coming up the ramp. What? And she doesn't even care about Otis. Why would she be distracted by that? Good good point. But the 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 thesis of what you're saying, right? Yeah. The nuts and bolts of what you're saying, which is so-and-so had to look bad to make Mandy look good. I'm in favor of that, actually. Um, I just think they they could be doing a lot more with Mandy, and I'm happy to see them doing something with sure. her at the moment, right? Alexa Plisk has gotten everything, in my opinion. She's a multi-time world champion. She's had everything, man, as far as creativity goes, the creative team getting her over. Um, Mandy is – I'd like to see them groom her and get her ready finally. I think she's but- a man event talent. Give her a win then. I mean, I'm not opposed to them using Alexa Bliss to put over Mandy. My bigger point is they made Alexa Bliss, who is typically the smart, cunning one of the locker room, right? Put Nikki Cross out there. Make her look foolish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what I mean? She's like, yeah. Tammy's saying a lot of distraction finishes on a lot of shows this week. It's lazy. Um, It is kind of weird. I mean, she's right. Mandy, I think, should get a push. I think Heavy Machinery is super over with the crowd. They should be doing more. It's, it's, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, it's kind of cool that Otis and Mandy are in this storyline together. I mm-hmm. mean, and it doesn't need a title for either of them to get them over. Like, I like that. Backstage, they all love it. Yeah. They think this is the cool, the best storyline ever. I'm talking better than the wedding. How about that? Uh, JC Harrington saying, I like how SmackDown is giving more of the girls a chance as opposed to Raw, where the whole division is just revolving around the same people it's been revolving around for a while. I'll say this, man. It goes NXT, then it goes SmackDown, then it goes Raw, then Impact, uh, and then AEW, sort of, last place for women's divisions. What's the other show? Um, NWA, what's it called? Uh, NWA Power. 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 Yeah. Theirs is pretty rough, too. Yeah, <sighs> they but, do in a two-hour yeah. show. You got two women's segments, two different storylines going on. That's a uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty good. 
Krillin876, I'm saying this because it's a super chat. And dude, this is just out of nowhere. WWE needs to bring back Iron Cheek as a manager of an Iranian guy since there's heat with Iran right now. It would get over like 80s with Hogan. <laughs> now, Krillin, don't give them any ideas because it won't be with uh it won't be with an Iranian guy. They'll have Mustafa Ali or Jinder right. Mahal pairing with the Iron Sheik, and uh it will be a nightmare. Yes, what you just said, yes. <laughs> Vince ain't that nuanced. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. That's right. Uh, so after Mandy Rose got that win, yeah, Otis ate that cake on the ramp on the ramp, making a mess. <laughs> Hit it with his hands. Jesus Christ. Uh, Lacey Evans versus Sasha Banks was supposed to happen tonight, and right. I was thinking before this match. What? And we talked about it before. This is a pay per view match. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so of course it didn't happen. Lacey went out there and then Bailey was backstage saying Sasha's in LA. Uh, Lacey cutting this promo, uh, really leaning on the military. I thought this, the heaviest they've done tonight, even with Bailey calling her a jarhead, uh, Lacey talking about being the heartland. Mm -hmm. There was a USA chant, which probably really confused the Fox executives. Um, Why? and because well, they're <laughs> not, because it's on Fox, not the USA network. That's the joke. Get it? People were chanting USA. Uh... Yeah. It, I'll make that joke every time. <laughs> Sorry, I, folks. I made that joke when they chanted USA on T on AEW. They should be chanting TNT. Um, Never gets but, old, Glenn. Never gets know. old. Mm. Matt, you know, we're old enough. We were alive when that started. I don't know if you remember. Do you know what the origin of the USA chant was? For me as a little boy, I remember watching it at Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Or, no, right? in sports, though. Think before that. Like the sporting event that started the USA chants. The first 1972 time. 1972 hockey team? Uh, the 1980 hockey team. The, yeah, the Miracle on Ice. That's what I meant. Miracle on Ice. Sorry, wrong. Miracle on Ice. What did I say 72? What happened in 72? Uh, 72, I Olympics. think. Good showing. Well, Miracle on Ice wasn't the uh, the Olympics in 80. But uh, <clears throat> it's so weird. This is where an age thing. Michael, does the Miracle on Ice mean anything to you? Yes, I know about it. I know what it is. I know the importance of it in that era. But personally, mm -hmm. it does not. like. I have no real connection to it other than being an American, right? I grew <laughs> up with a painting of the Miracle on Ice, and I kept right. that. Like We've got that hanging in our house yep. in the entryway, painting of the Miracle on Ice victory mm -hmm. when USA went over Russia, which was the biggest deal you can imagine. But that was the first was. big huh. uh, sporting event where a USA chant was televised. And we're not even a hockey country. Right. Yeah, not at all. Not. But that was very different. Uh, Brett Ball, gee, Brett Baldus, man, save a little. You know, we do the show three wow, times a week. Brett. Thanks, Brett. Uh, Vince is wasting Elias. He has so much Triple H, Randy Savage in him in the ring, huh. right on the mic. I know we're past this part already, but yeah, I mean, Elias is—they have no clue what they want to do with him. He's money. He is money. I hated his character at first. I hated the guitar stuff, um, but he proved me wrong. And he's got the size of it too. That's the whole thing. He's got the size of a main event talent. Mm -hmm. Triple H is a good comparison, actually, as far as physically speaking goes. Um, he's tall. He's pretty jacked, especially to this compared to this roster. And he can talk. And he's getting a no offense, a corny gimmick over. He's well, he's got a very marketable look too. The size, not only that, but the the look he has is yeah. not a, a little bit hipsterous, a little bit free spiritish, but like that's a certain kind of look that's different than Morrison and Ziggler and whoever else we talked about earlier. And he's one of the rare ones, man. That gimmick sucked in NXT. Yeah. Yeah. And on the main roster, it just it took says off. A, it says a lot about him. So imagine what you can do with him and do something bigger with him. Not as Shane McMahon's lackey either. That doesn't count. 
Yeah. He, he never needed to be Shane's lackey. It should have been the other way around. Shane should have been his manager, and it should have been all about him getting legit wins yeah. on people. But whatever. So Lacey with this promo tonight, man, I just I I'm just in awe of how successfully they've turned her baby face. How can't dude? It's the I ultimate know. baby face, though. Well, why was she out there talking about nasties looking like she just came from the Kentucky Derby for because it months? never came. And when did it ever come up about fighting for our country? It never yeah. did. And now no, it has. Not not front and center. I think it was like little asides that were mentioned. But, the announce uh, team has like said it here and there. Team, and but, yeah. Okay, but she's not going to stop in the middle of the match and say, "Wait, what'd you say about me? Wait, wait what? Right. Do me a favor, stand in the house mic so the fans here can say." Right. Okay, what'd you say? Yeah. Okay, so she ran backstage and uh, Bailey. Um, okay, so let's see. Yeah, Bailey uh, beat her down. Told her to put on her mom jeans and go home. Bailey walked off and Lacey attacked <laughs> that her. Was, that that was good, by the way. Yeah, I liked. You know. But something fact, tells me thinking, Bailey. Something tells me Bailey rocks mom jeans, though, for the record. Well, she's. You <laughs> that know, was a really good dig. I thought was. it was hilarious. Well, Matt, I'm gonna say, <laughs> let's, let's take credit for this that we were proven right. Bailey without Sasha came across much better as she a did. heel because she didn't have Miss Swagger herself yeah. Yeah. there yes. to upstage her with coolness. Yes. You know. Yeah. I agree. And they gave her some decent one-liners. I mean, just the passive aggressive. I mean, she basically insulted all Marines. She said, I, "Let me get this through your jarhead, right?" And like all all Marines are idiots. And I, I think that's a subtle way to be like that's what a heel would do is not just be like you're dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and in fact, let me make the comparison. Last night I was watching a lot of Happy Days because that's what we do in this house, um, and we were watching early seasons. Do you know Fonzie originally was not supposed to be the super cool character that like Richie looked up to and like told him mm-hmm. about the world? Do you yeah. know who was supposed to be? Uh, th- no. It was supposed to be Potsy. Potsy would, was supposed no to be idea. the cool guy. Huh. So you get Potsy next to Fonzie. Potsy don't look so cool. That's mm. the problem. Mm. Bailey suffers from the same thing. Bailey and Sasha. Sasha is Fonzie. Bailey on her own is a lot better than when you. Oh wait, I'm thinking of Ralph Melf. Potsy was kind of he was good looking. He was he seemed to have everything together. But then, the yeah, by comparison to the Fonz, yeah. And that's the thing with Bailey. It's not saying that it's a down thing, but yeah, Bailey just does so much better on her own tonight. That's kind of what it reminded me of. It's like you get her on her own, you give her some good lines, you don't convolute it. But yes, I mean, Sasha is the fun. Sasha doesn't need to say anything. Sasha could probably snap her fingers and turn on a jukebox. It's true. It's true. She's that She's that cool. She punched it. He would punch it. He would, he would hammer it with the side of his hand, you know? Hammer fist. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Braun Strowman. I am angry at this tonight, at this match on so many levels where we had uh, Shinsuke and Braun, Braun overcoming the odds, right? We had uh, uh, Cesaro out there, Sami Zayn out there, all of these guys bagging on Braun and then, you know, bloodied, bruised, Braun picks up the win and this wasn't for the title and Corey Graves pulling this shit. At the end, Braun's one step closer to a shot at the Intercontinental Championship, not making it sound like it was going to happen. But, I mean, what does this guy have to do? Right. You know, like, personally, like, lift up Vince McMahon's limo and change a tire with his bare hands at the same time? Like, why can't why can't they just call the shot and say, you know, the Royal Rumble? I mean, I'm, I'm just frustrated at this point because Braun looks like a beast tonight getting that win. He did. Yeah. That's the way he should look. 
Uh, holding up the belt. I mean, we talk about this guy possibly being IC title uh, holder. He he was holding it at the end, and he looked like an IC champion. And I just he can't looks believe better it. than that. I still think this is beneath him. One hundred percent agree. But while the main event is tied up, I could see them doing this with him for a little while. Because it doesn't even feel like they're throwing him a bone. A bone would have been after they did him like they did him versus Brock Lesnar. Then immediately, like a month later, they would have given him this. Sure. You know, or one-man tag team champions or something like that. I don't know. I'm still pissed off about that. He should be the the headline act here. I'm just being dead serious. I think... Bray doesn't need that championship. I would have rather. God no, he's a gimmick. Why would you put a gimmick on a gimmick? It doesn't make sense. Oh, that's good. It it doesn't make sense. Put a gimmick on a gimmick. And Braun, Braun can be like Brock, but Brock, who's there all the time. Yes, exactly. And then by now, Braun would have been at a place where he could have started getting other guys crazy over. Yeah. You know, whoever that David is, that eventually would have slayed Goliath by now because they would have put the title on him well over a year and a half ago when they should have pulled the trigger. And so now he'd be in that gear of getting others guys over. Bad news, Brown writes, WWE needs to trade Braun to AEW for Kenny Omega to save both of their careers. Do you guys know if Kenny Omega was in WWE right now, they would literally strap him down with a video game character. Like, not just a video game-like character, they would make him be you from Street Fighter. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree they would not do him justice. And and you can say what you want to say about him on AEW, and I'm one of them. I don't think they ha- they're being way too unselfish. The Bucks booking of themselves yeah. and omega those three acts or two acts should not, should not be losing like ever it's, it's the one know, thing so. that i've noticed the big difference with wwe with the guy like uh we talk about bray wyatt versus mm-hmm. watching Russell kingdom 14 last weekend and you get guys that have big pomp and circumstance for their entrances guys like evil yeah. and they come out and they look badass when they get in the ring they're still wrestlers and wwe still feels this need to make everybody characters right it can't just be bray wyatt and the fiend the fiend has to be an immovable object he's got to be a force of nature and sometimes these guys should just be wrestlers and they can still have that gimmick outside of the ring but let them be wrestlers inside the ring right mm, i wish they did do more for their entrances i'll agree to that part sure 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 definitely so we had a backstage promo uh from sheamus tonight borrowing alistair black's closet talking about shorty g and uh yeah talking about size does matter uh since he's returned he's going to embrace chaos who was it in nxt who had the yeah, chaos gimmick? That, that's creative, uh, like 101 buzzword. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really is. That's, I feel bad for him. They had to say it. Let me pull out my writing handbook tonight. What word can we, what synonyms? Where's my thesaurus? Somebody give me my. I mean, there's, there's, I'm surprised someone hasn't written an article. Maybe they have. There's like 10 archetypes for characters in the WWE. One, he embraces chaos, uh, he loves to have a good time. Uh, he's here to, to make a statement, send a message. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's, it's the, just, when I was there, it was yeah. to make an impact. Mm. <laughs> so I, I got, I think I got stuck stuttering that word actually, but impact <laughs> that foreshadowing. Um, yeah. So we had, Oh man, this, this main event segment, Roman Reigns came out, cut a promo, talked about 2019 and Roman did have, you know, even with his illness, uh, thank God, you know, he's in uh, remission from that. I think creatively in terms of WWE programming, he had he ended 2019 in a better place than he started it. 
um, obviously overcoming the illness, uh, but really being embraced by the fans. Yes. I think it was a good, it was a good wake up call for a lot of us that can get so frustrated with how a character and and, performers too. booked. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's easy to, to very easy to separate the performer from the character that they're portraying, you know, from the, from the human. Uh, so I liked that, but then he said, you know, he's been outnumbered, jumped and even embarrassed, embarrassed by King Baron Corbin and his crew, but he's always had backup. Uh, he didn't need the help of his friends. This time he needed the help of his family. I was mm-hmm. just thinking about the Cody and Dustin promo during this entire time. Uh, mm-hmm. But talked about his family coming back to help him in a big way last week 2020 is going to be his year then we had the usos come out i was annoyed the usos didn't even get to finish the goddamn uso penitentiary line before corbin's music hit i felt like uh yeah this this was not the dominant i mean wouldn't you rather have had them just just like have a classic with the revival tonight and have them win clean yeah yeah i'd also like to have heard them more of them on the mic yeah. Usos are great on the mic. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're better than Roman, and Roman's not bad, but they're he's really good. They get the yeah. crowd into it. Do you guys feel like that the crowd is starting to turn away from Roman again? I mean, I felt like Roman has had all this momentum since coming back from being out. And then I felt like tonight, and I've seen it on Twitter, and it seems like maybe they're getting tired of the storyline. But when Roman's talking about going to win the Royal Rumble, fans, I don't yeah. think are receptive to it. Here's the thing. Always remember, I'm, I don't necessarily think you're saying this, but just food for thought, guys. What you'll see, what you'll get on Twitter is not, especially right away. Sure is not the is not generally the initial reaction of what's happening in these arenas live i would say twitter will come first and then about three months after twitter coming and burying something then live it will start to go that direction and not be over either hmm. twitter's like the first step yeah um i think it's just it's the it's not the problem before where they book him as the inevitable champion right this isn't make roman well, I, look strong it's no just, it's not and i didn't and glenn to be clear i didn't yeah. hear them really turning on him tonight i'm did I miss it i i'm not turning on roman but man i'm not you on did him. i miss the fans turning on him live i didn't hear that live but i do feel like people are not enamored with this storyline uh at least we didn't get dog food tonight so i felt like maybe that i always felt that direction. was more Aaron corbin's end though when people buried the dog food stuff i always felt like that wasn't on roman that it was on vince and baron corbin more but well i don't Matt, think there's burial anyway. happening i think it's like no, the no, fans no, no, aren't no, as no. excited about it like there was a pop there used to be a pop when roman came out every no, time but everyone else annoyed by the fact they kept going back to the dog we yeah well yeah matt matt though to what you always say don't get any on you when you're literally the recipient of the dog food how are you not culpable yeah. in that situation <laughs> you are but you're like c versus in the a is vince b is baron and c would then be roman in that formula of getting some on you. Tammy says it's hard to get into something when you know what's coming. Yes, Tammy, I agree with that. But also I would argue what's cool about wrestling. Sometimes when they do a good job of that predictability, again, i.e. Hulk Hogan, Hogan up every damn match, didn't matter who the hell it was. We still paid our hard money to watch it every damn week because we knew it was predictable. It was going to happen and that. And we liked that predictability. So predictability in wrestling can be good when done right. This crap, not done right. So, yeah, I see what you're saying in this uh, particular context, Tammy. I think the wrestlers, I think there's also an element of production that makes it feel like to us as fans that it's just, 
It is the same old, like Michael Cole gets on the, he's on commentary. I could, I could really be excited if we got to see the revival or he was talking about the new day versus the Usos and another great feud. And I'm like, don't talk about feuds. Like they're this program thing you have on a whiteboard somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's got to feel organic guys hate each other. That's a real raw emotion. Not something you're excited to see as an announcer for a company, right? It's a raw emotion. It's not a SmackDown emotion. And I think that's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem. Um, Elias can sing about it. Right. But so this match was supposed to be the usos versus dolph ziggler and king baron corbin uh but yeah uh roman ended up uh, getting involved he came out well dash and dawson came out uh roman god i'm trying to remember the sequence of events here so i believe roman speared corbin uh they started beating up the usos robert rude came out and uh got roman got the best of him sounded like when they dropped him they didn't show the replay of that but it looked like roman like landed on his head there was like a loud thud it was not uh maybe that's why they didn't reshow the moment it looked ugly at the time Mm -hmm. but uh yeah just this chaos i mean they put roman through the announce table um so roman caused the dq so corbin and ziggler won but yeah and this was uh Robert Rude, Corbin, and Ziggler talking trash as we went off the air, uh, talking trash at Roman Reigns and the Usos. So, not the best return for the Usos, man. Okay, no, but one more time, I'm going to point it out again. I hope there's fans at home keeping score on this. Roman Reigns got other talent over yet again. He continues to do it. Bobby Rude looked great because of Roman taking yep. the fall for him. For real, yeah. yeah. Most top guys... John Cena um, <laughs> would have gotten that snuffed out by 1 p.m. P.S. We need to be at the at the arenas at 12 o'clock generally. So by 1 p.m. that would have been shaking. Now, how does that go exactly? Do you go to, you know, Vince and the writers? You're like, you know, I just don't think that my character. I don't know because I would never be that arrogant to do that <laughs> shit. I would never be that arrogant because this is freaking cops, cops versus robbers, bad guy versus good guy. It ain't real. Yeah. Can we just point out that last Friday on this podcast, I would you were never about, pull that. I would never pull that crap. You were talking about Big Show last Friday on this podcast, and then three days later, he shows up on Raw. So is John Cena going to be on Raw Monday night? Is that what we're expecting? Oh, God, right? I apologize, man. <laughs> I apologize if this happens. Oh, God. And, and now, now I can't watch Big Show the same way, Matt. That's Not true. that I ever was really into Big Show, but still, now I just I don't like the guy <laughs> It's a shame, man. It's a shame we could have made a lot of money. We're building a feud right here for like next year's Mania, Matt Morgan, Big Show. Don't nobody want to see two arthritic old giants. <laughs> and he's not that old. Big Show's one of those. We did this a lot. We did this when we were watching Happy yeah. Days last night. We do this when we're watching wrestling. It's always, guess how old this person is? And then my wife and I try and figure it out. And with Big Show, it was like 55, 56. It was like, no, Big Show is like no. three years. 40. I mean, he's like 47, maybe? Yeah, he's only a few years older than me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, dude, you're, you're aging a lot better than he has. Yeah. Chris Jericho, I mean, keep in mind, Chris Jericho, 49, face of AEW, main eventing yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Wrestle Kingdom was awesome, by the way. I Dude. did watch it finally. I actually saw it today. Oh, my gosh. It was a nice. great show. Um, Tomorrow's NXT TakeOver Blackpool. We're not doing a podcast after that. <sighs> no, please no. I'll wa- I'll wa- you know, I'm curious to see the women's match. I don't even know the full card, but I do want to is- see that women's match too. I'll admit that. Yeah, I do. But this is the thing, you know, uh, this is a good pivot to talking about the ratings this week. Mm-hmm. AEW crushed NXT. Crushed them. 
And I think a big part of the reason why is because NXT is trying to build like this past Wednesday. First, NXT took two weeks off after Rhea Ripley. They had the pre-taped episode on Christmas and then they had the year end awards. But they're trying to build NXT TakeOver UK Blackpool 2. They're trying to build Worlds Collide, which is going to happen Royal Rumble weekend. And they're trying to build TakeOver Portland happening February 15th. So much is going on right now in NXT. And I didn't feel like there was clear direction on Wednesday night. Oh, and that tag team tournament. I told you, nobody cares about that damn tag tag team tournament. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. So the actual ratings was uh, we had AEW pulling in 947,000 viewers with a 0.36 in the ratings, whereas NXT had 721,000 viewers, which is not the bottom number they've had. It's not the worst. Um, AEW did drop a little bit from last week, but the thing that surprised the hell out of me was last week AEW was basically unopposed with that NXT award show, right. and they only lost 20,000 viewers from last week. So fans tuned in last week, and they stayed tuned in, where I think, Glenn, you're right. Fans tuned out for those two weeks where it was a pre-tape and the award show, and they've not brought all those fans back into the fold. Also, WWE product was not great for Raw this week. So if you use mm-hmm. WWE to promote NXT every week... It is usually how it works. Yeah, yeah. You, it's lackluster, yeah. I want to thank Brett Baldus with another super thank chat you, saying Brett. Matt Morgan, one of my favorite wrestlers in TNA, you had the look, hated the stuttering gimmick, wish you were still wrestling. Thanks, buddy. And uh, Baby Maharaja with a super chat, WWE should push rude. Corbin is not interesting. I, I mean, you'll never, I do dig what Corbin's doing. I, he proved me very wrong. I used to bury him all the time because I hated the outfit. I could not get past it. I was one of them. Uh, I admit it. But He's proven me wrong immensely. He could talk. He's six foot eight. He looks the part, you know what I mean? And he's doing a great job and doesn't care about what the fans say. A lot of heels would have punked out by now by getting what, quote unquote, is called that X-Pac heat, that go away heat, that turn the channel heat that people like to call it, right? He loves it and eats it and he's used it and he's become a top heel because of it. It, a lot of heels couldn't do that in today's day and age. A lot of heels, um, or you know, wrestlers rather, are too thin-skinned to have been able to do what he did. And uh, go back to what you said about Robert Roode. I agree, though. All that said about Baron Corbin, I agree. Because Bobby Roode, to me, and I know you guys don't think so because of how he's been booked with WWE, but to me, Bobby Roode has always been and will always be a, a potential world champion. Heel, though. Heel, though. 100%. I mean, he was the NXT champion. He was a great one. I agree with great you 100%. One. And and he's got, you talk about his size and physique. People mm-hmm. say he reminds you of Arn Anderson, but he reminds me of like a modern day but because shredded. he's stout, but he is shredded. He's yeah. got the look and he can go in the ring and, and people are like, he's and, boring. Well, like, that's part of what he's doing is this holds to flex and show off because that's part of his gimmick. It's not boring, right? Anyway. Well, I think no, the reason he's a very good worker. Watch him right. bump and feed, folks. Right. He's freaking and he gets everybody he works with over. Yep. Everybody. I like Baron Corbin a lot. I think he's doing a very good job with lackluster material. Yeah. That being said, I think Robert Roode could do an even better job, but yes. Corbin's got uh less mile less miles on him and mm-hmm. more of a future, and that's why they're giving him this investment. I don't think they would do it with Bobby Roode because the shelf life is gonna be shorter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I still wish they gave Bobby that one chance, though. Oh, I know. Uh, what else do we got in terms of news stories? That was a major thing I had written down. We had uh, the ratings war this major week, but... weight ratings win by NXT. Yeah. I mean by AEW over NXT, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 major? pretty major, but you know, I, I think 
NXT is still doing okay for themselves over there, but AEW is just looking great on their own. Is what the point for me is not that they beat NXT; it's right. that they're hovering at a million and they haven't been this good since uh, back in October, November. And I saw a lot of fans online that wanted to talk smack about it when Raj first posted it. I saw on Twitter, you know, um, you see both parties. It's like literally watching, you know, Republicans and Democrats go back and forth. It's hilarious. You yeah. see the NXT people, you know, give their reasons why. And then you see the AEW fans give their reasons why. <laughs> it's cool to watch, honestly, because I didn't have like we had it when we were little kids. But when I was wrestling, we didn't have yeah. competing shows like that to this degree but really quick what i was going to say though is some of them would say like a lot of them would say well it only got a high rating because it it, it ended with moxley and jericho it started off not as strong as nxt did i want fans to remember that nxt started off much hotter much stronger but yeah. it, and that's the it's like it's simple, right? I mean, there's a, there's an element of it that is last week they teased that segment for the end of the show, so fans tuned in and they waited around to see the segment they wanted to see, right? It's like how Raw went up when they teased the wedding because for whatever mm. reason people wanted to see people that. People were watching, yeah. And like it's it NXT didn't have that hook, and those hooks matter. Yeah, yeah. And again, that tag team tournament is not a big enough hook. It's not a hook, right? So uh, not to put my own joke over, but there's a follow up to this. So I tweeted this last <laughs> night with the meme about the, you know, going to tell my kids this is Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. While I was watching uh, Happy Days, the screen yeah. of Rachi and Fonzie. And uh, one of our awesome fans, Jackson Callens, uh, one up to me big time with uh, this masterpiece. Uh, going to tell my kids this is Glenn Rubenstein and Matt Morgan. <laughs> I know these fans. Oh, I, I see these fans on my Twitter all the time. We have, we have really funny. good fans. Yeah, so Jackson, you're fans. awesome. Yeah, Jackson. Love seeing that. Uh, cool, guys. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll be back here Monday to talk about Raw. He's at BP Matt Morgan. He's at The Real Wiseman. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.